Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello. Welcome to the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. Today, my friends, it's TV Tuesday. Combining the best of TVs and Tuesdays into one podcast is what I have done. I am the, how you say, mastermind? The, the mastermind? Um, yeah, sure. I'm a mind who's mastered the art of TV in Tuesdays. Mm, mastered is perhaps a strong word. Why do I keep saying master? I'm saying it a lot. Yes, master. I will stop saying it. Oh, God. Off the rails, and I've talked for not even 60 seconds yet. Terrific. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers, folks. I don't censor myself. I say whatever comes to mind willy-nilly without regard for consequences whatsoever. Hence, the spoiler warning at the top of every show to cover my ass like so much underwear. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes because that right there is what helps others find podcasts. Hey, it's just that easy. Thank you for those who have done so. Very, very much appreciated. And all the nice things you've had to say um, are very, very nice. And they're things that you said. Hey, there you go again. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Last piece of podcast-related business is, of course, today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is the Holmes and Attenborough Certified Zoo Inspectors Incorporated. Once again, today's sponsor is the Holmes and Attenborough Certified Zoo Inspectors Incorporated. Thank you to them. Today, if you listen to yesterday's episode, you will know I only have uh, two items, and I am going to attempt to get them done on the way to work. That is my plan. This whole week, um, with the exception of Internet Day, which is always bursting at their seams and there's nothing I can do about it, I am trying to do short episodes in preparation for this coming super, super exciting, super, super long weekend in which I am going on down to Toronto, or Toronto, if you prefer, to the uh, Fan Expo, Fan Expo 2013, because my good pal, my good buddy, my amigo, my other way to say friend in various other languages, Nerd Kane is going to have yet another adventure. If you are unfamiliar with Nerd Kane, what you can do is Google Nerd Kane Adventures and you will see what he has been up to on his so far two, soon to be three, adventures. There you go. That is me teasing the combination of Nerd Kane Adventures as well as, I should say, we'll be recording a special Fan Expo edition of the podcast while down there, so... Anything could happen, you never know. Television show, the first, is called Holmes Makes It Right. Holmes Makes It Right. We're not talking Sherlock here. No shit. 
No, we're talking Michael. Michael Holmes. Or Mike Holmes, if you prefer, and he probably prefers as well. Mike Holmes, probably, I'm not sure how widespread his quote-unquote fame is in the world. I know he's pretty big here in Canada. I don't know if his shows play on American networks. I kind of think they might, because I kind of think I remember hearing on Adam Carolla's podcast him being mentioned before. I think, I think, I think, I think. Anyways, he has... He started out with a show called Homes on Homes, which I think is the best name out of all his show names, because his name is Holmes like Sherlock Holmes, and homes are what he would fix, as in domiciles. Then he had a show called Holmes Inspection, which made sense as well, because it was uh, home inspections done by Mike Holmes, and his last name, as I say, is like Sherlock Holmes, which rhymes with Holmes. It's a pun, and punny. His most recent show is the... The worst name, the worst of the named, is in my opinion, has the worst name of the three. Holmes makes it right. Now, if it was up to me, I would stick with Holmes on Holmes, because that's the best name, and then, like, the tagline could be Holmes makes it right. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's do that instead. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with Mr. Mike Holmes' M.O., basically what it boils down to is people will contact them who are having difficulties with their homes, quite often things that either the the builders or have sort of fucked up along the way. In the case of the show Homes Inspection, it was things quite often that uh, the home inspector should have pointed out to the home purchasers before they purchased, but did not. So now they're quite often sitting and living in a steaming pile of shit that is crumbling around them. And a lot, a lot of sort of sad sob stories. And what Mike does is comes in, swoops in like a superhero, and makes it right. Hey, hence the name of this most recent of his shows, because that's quite literally what he does. The Mrs. and I uh, watch the show on a fairly regular basis. Where I'm kind of surprised she's a Holmes on a Mike Holmes fan. Maybe she's got a little thing for him, I don't know. But uh, I've been watching him for years and years, and we both sort of agree, the missus and I, that if he chooses you to come into your house and fix things that have gone awry, it's like winning the lottery. It basically is winning the lottery. He puts the most time, well, not time, well, yeah, time in the sense of man hours, but he's got lots of men working hours, so it, time and money. Um, recently, I think since this show, uh, Holmes makes it right, they've started uh, letting the audience know how much the upgrades and fixings would cost if the homeowners had to pay for it, which obviously they don't. And it's like usually in the hundreds of thousands of dollar range. So just mind boggling. And add to the fact that it's so sort of blatantly obvious that Mike Holmes and his crew have probably are just oozing with pride in their work that they will go above and beyond and just sort of blow you away with some of the shit that they accomplish in the time they have allotted with the money that they have and it's just it's, a, it's an amazing process to watch uh, i don't think i've ever brought back homes on homes or any of his shows but this particular one i could not resist because it was probably one of my favorite ones if i had to guess because it had that sort of extra little heartwarming 
warm my cockles vibe to it. So in this case, you had a couple living on a street where the home, there was not a great amount, at least that they knew was wrong with it. However, then the husband was sort of walking in the street. Uh, I didn't, I don't remember the whole story, but basically was a uh, victim of a hit and run and was probably, from the sounds of it, near death. The people were never caught. Holmes had a couple little spiels that if you know anything about this, let us know. We need justice. Some of the justice involved Mike Holmes coming to fix this dude's house so he could get around more easily. He was very, very lucky in that he does have the ability to walk and he is getting better. However, it's sort of a great amount of pain and he has such sort of incredible difficulty with stairs that he, for example, hadn't been in his basement for months and months just because the stairs were so difficult for him. I hadn't been in the backyard either because that first step was, was a doozy, as they would say, in Looney Tunes when someone fell off a cliff. <laughs> uh, but that's besides the point. So what Mr. Holmes and team did was come in and make it so he could basically just walk out into his backyard, no steps. He can walk out his front, no steps, fixed up his basement, still steps, because you can't really get into a basement without steps. I suppose an elevator, but that's getting a little ridiculous. And uh, really just made it so his life will, in general, be easier. And... Uh, along the way, it was just kind of one of those heartwarming things, like uh, all the crew were like, you could kind of tell they were like feeling that this was a job that they really, really cared about making this dude's life a little easier, and I very much liked it. Something just to point out from this episode that seems to happen with every goddamn episode is that they found uh, asbestos. Uh, I think in this case it was tiles, it's usually wrapping of ventilation. So it's just sort of mind-boggling how often on this show they find asbestos. So beware of that stuff. It's sort of the highlight for me, and just to sort of emphasize that care that they had, uh, this guy had a shoe collection. I believe he is what you would call a sneakerhead. Collector of sneakers. Had like an entire wall of them. So what the Holmes Makes It Right team did was set up this sort of really elaborate pretty friggin' beautiful custom-made uh, display area for all his shoes, even to go so far as to have, like, certain, like, in the corners, you could put your shoes on a pedestal that would then rotate. One of the pairs of shoes that they added to his collection were a pair of boxing shoes, boxing shoes that were then signed, one by Mr. Mike Holmes, and one by uh, Mr. Chevalier, who you may know is a boxer, a boxer who... Did he beat Muhammad Ali? I think he did. That guy, a Toronto native, one of the very early homes on homes involved uh, Mr. Chevalier's home and how he fixed it up, so they have a little connection there. Really cool to see him. He, just sort of on that note, why not to tie it all together? Uh, Chevalier there, he came to my high school, and I, I think he used to do this on a pretty regular basis and talk to the school talk to the students, tell the story a little bit. Uh, one of the very, very few times that I was actually glad to go to a school sort of assembly. Uh, very, very interesting. Dude, uh, further last note, my parents and his kids, including the one who committed suicide, went to high school together. What? <laughs> Bringing it all together, people. Bringing it all together. Which will take us into item the second. 
Huh. Item of the second is available for your viewing pleasure on Canadian Netflix. And I do believe if available on Canadian Netflix will also be available on American Netflix. I think that's the case 99% of the time. Pretty sure. It is called The Life of Mammals. We are mammals. Indeed a room. Not specifically our life, although perhaps later episodes we'll get into that. It is it is what I would call a mini-series, yeah. It's uh, nine episodes long. Each episode will focus on sort of a certain aspect or group of mammals. And the reason... That right there sounds pretty cool, right? Yeah, you can get on board with me just saying what I just said and be like, yeah, okay, sure, I'd watch that. But, and it's a big but... The host and narrator of this program is Mr. David Attenborough. David Attenborough is the king of animal documentaries. If you are going to do a documentary involving animals, you need on your team David Attenborough. I tell you, he has the voice. The voice we all, I am pretty goddamn certain, we all have heard. You have ever watched any nature documentaries, the odds are that... You have heard this man speak. Just amazing. Uh, this one, I'm only two episodes in. It's very, very cool in that quite often it's just sort of, at least you get the impression that it's people going out, filming, bringing the film back, and then David At Attenborough doing his stuff and recording the narration for the program. In this case, though, he's, he's out there. He's in the field. He's traveling around. He's hanging out with these animals. Maybe not in every single case, but uh, in quite a number of them, you see him chilling with mammals. So, good on him. And he's not a uh, he's not a young man, so I like it. Episode 1 was called A Winning Design. Uh, went into how mammals are... Started off with describing what makes a mammal and why the things that make the mammal are good for the environment in which we live in. So, uh, good idea from the point of view of starting sort of vague, and then uh, as we move into the episodes, I think getting more and more specific. Something that I like about this first episode, too, that they focus quite a bit on, especially in the beginning, is the uh, echidna and the duck-billed platypus, which are, according to David App. Attenborough, and I'm going to goddamn well trust him, are mammals. <laughs> but they are egg-laying mammals. So that's one of the very, very strange things about them. Because when you think egg-laying, first thing you go is birds, and probably second thing you go is uh, lizards. But no, these are mammals that lay eggs. The reason that we apparently put them into the mammal kingdom is because they have hair, and despite how the echidna looks, if you've ever seen one, looks more like thorns, but it's actually just uh, sort of hardened hair, almost like uh, nails, your fingernails, and they produce milk. That's that's the other thing that only mammals do, is produce milk. If you get a, and they show this too, if you get a look at a newborn echidna and a newborn platypus, they look very, very, very similar to one another, and by that I mean disgusting. <laughs> Those, like, pink blobby... Ugh. 
no hair, no nothing. Creepy to behold. Get close to work, so I will speed through to the next episode. I may bring back some more because, as I say, nine-part series, so if shit catches my eye, perhaps I'll be like, hey, why don't I talk about this, why don't I? You never know. The next episode was titled Insect Hunters. Uh, on the sort of lower end of the scale, like a size-wise, the literal scale, uh, a lot of mammals are insect eaters, and because the globe is so incredibly filled with insects, that has allowed a wide variety of mammals on this sort of lower size level of mammal kingdom. Hmm? Does that make sense? Let me rephrase that and see if I do a better job. Uh, right before I get to work, and I'm going to have to stop talking momentarily. But why am I wasting time? I don't know. There are a lot of insects. There are a lot of different insects. A huge, huge, crazy variety. So, because this wide variety exists, it means that the variety of animals, I'm sorry, the variety of mammals that prey upon them is also going to be fairly diverse. <laughs> cool beans. Uh, they talk bats, they talk sand skimmers, shrews. Uh, I think sand skimmers, that was one of the cool ones. Uh, get a, get a look online at a sand skimmer and it, it's going, uh, sort of tunneling under the sand. Looks very, very cool. Reminded me of a movie called Screamers. Folks, I'm at work. The movie called Screamers. I'm gonna go four to five. Just on no related note whatsoever. Uh, Holmes makes it right. Usually, four out of five, that episode, five out of five, and so far, Life of Mammals will go four and five out of five. Good stuff. Lucky to be alive and witnessing these things. Yay. Us. It is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.